Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. The Justice Department is ratcheting up the ongoing federal investigations of Facebook's data sharing practices with a criminal subpoena. A federal grand jury in New York subpoenaed records from at least two other tech companies that had data sharing agreements with Facebook. That's according to the New York Times. Joining us is Garrett DeVink, Bloomberg News technology reporter, to talk about all things Facebook. First of all, Garrett, what do you know about the Justice Department's investigation? It's out of the Eastern District. What they're looking at is, you know, there's been all these stories written the, the past year or two about Facebook and how it was using our data, right? And so there has been some reporting that Facebook struck deals with other companies. So these would be handset manufacturers, in some case, um, certain banks. They had a deal with Spotify as well. So that if you were using, you know, one of these companies' products, you could sort of integrate it with Facebook Messenger and chat with your friends. Now, the question that is being investigated is whether those things violated some promises that Facebook had made to the U.S. government about how it would share user data and also whether they were telling users that there may be sometimes private messages, private information would be seen by other companies that they didn't know were going to be looking at that. Every time this comes up, flashing through my mind is, well, there's a 2011 consent decree that Facebook has, and it's based on privacy. Are there other organizations that are investigating Facebook in the U.S.? Yeah, I mean, so that's the uh, the FTC consent decree, which is sort of what I what I was referencing about that promise that they made about how they were going to use and share data. I think a lot of people in the U.S. at the regulatory level, at the political level, are interested in, in going after Facebook. It's a big news story. It's something that is gaining some traction with consumers, even at the end of the day, most people still really, you know, like the products or at least use them. Maybe maybe we're addicted to them, some of us. But I think that at the end of the day, you know, this as a political story and as something for regulators and politicians who want to take a stand on something, it is something that they will keep beating the drum on. And it seems that every day they have something new to beat the drum on. And Facebook, again, being criticized for live streaming of that shooting mm-hmm. in New Zealand. Tell us about that. Yeah, so, I mean, Facebook has allowed live streaming for a couple of years now. Obviously, they're not the only platform. You can do it on Twitter. You can do it on YouTube. You can do it on, on a, a host of different apps for it. And it's a really tricky problem, right? Because Facebook and the other technology companies, they want to do live streaming. For them, it, it gets people more engaged. People are more likely to comment on live videos than they are on static ones. But at the same time, you will have incidents like this where someone live streams a crime, where where someone live streams content that otherwise would not be allowed on the platform. And because it's live, there's no way to monitor it using the technology that is usually monitored to sort of take down or block videos that otherwise would break the rules. Let's talk a little bit about Mark Zuckerberg's recent uh, thoughts, very, mm. very long <laughs> thoughts about, lengthy thoughts about pivoting to privacy. Mm-hmm. Do you see anything substantial coming out of that? Yeah, I think anything that Mark Zuckerberg says, you, you have to take substantially. I mean, it's sort of, you know, interesting to kind of watch all his comments and see what they actually mean and then look back a year later and see whether things have changed or not. I'm pretty skeptical of that word pivot, which I think has been thrown around a lot when it comes to uh, his recent announcement. Facebook is not going to get rid of its 
public platforms. It's not going to get rid of the core apps where, you know, I post a, f a photo of my children or whatnot and can share it publicly or share it with my friends. But they do realize that, you know, a huge part of communication and social networking is becoming private and is becoming encrypted. And with their WhatsApp application, which is, if not the most popular messaging tool in the world, definitely one of the top couple really? is, um, you know, already encrypted. And so they're really leaning into that side of the business as an area of future growth. They've lost one of their uh, top executives. Yeah, so Chris Cox uh, resigned, and the way that Facebook was talking about it is that you know he was someone who kind of a couple years ago was already looking at other alternatives. He'd been at Facebook pretty much since the very beginning, and then because of all these these complications they've had with privacy, with regulation, and having to deal with that, he stayed on. You know, you can kind of probably take that with a grain of salt. Some people could say that he's leaving because of the last couple years of complications and at the end of the day i think that's probably why the stock is down you know cynically it's probably not because of the live streaming and because of the new zealand shooting it's probably because someone who was very close within mark zuckerberg's inner circle i think after zuckerberg and Sheryl sandberg he would be one of the top people has now left the company you cover tech so is there any real fear on the part of facebook google or apple about elizabeth warren's calls to break them up if she becomes president and, and frankly the the calls of other people who see them as just too big mm -hmm. it's a really interesting story that that we've been tracking very closely we will continue to track i have no idea where this is going to go how serious in the united states these calls for very very strict antitrust regulations just changes in how we think about antitrust in the united states are actually going to happen but this is a, a movement i would say that has been brewing for a couple years and it started you know with some progressive policy think tank kind of people saying you know we really need to rethink how this is going and it has filtered into the political mainstream you know most strikingly now with elizabeth warren very clearly stating i will break up the companies i will do it this way i will separate instagram from facebook and she's sort of stating this in a way that you know although other politicians have talked about the need for stricter antitrust rules they haven't gone as far as to say explicitly what they want to do and so you know she is a long way off from the presidency she has a grueling primary to get through and then of course to you know whoever does win that that democratic primary has to defeat donald trump but i'm sure it will be a topic of debate during the democratic primary Pleasure, Garrett. That's so nice to have you. That's Garrett Devink. He is the Bloomberg News technology reporter. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.